And so they say we have no supernatural power, we have no miracles, it's all logical. If you use the promises, the principles of the Bible, everything should work for you. I want you to know that the word of God has no function on one edgedness. It's not a panga, it is a sword. The double-edged sword. You must believe in the supernatural, but you must also be able to function in the natural by the principles that God has set them. Amen. 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 Do I need to elaborate on that? I think we've dealt with that enough in the past. I want to talk about the sword itself. Because the enemy does use the same sword against us. And the Bible says, put on the whole armor of God and put, uh, take the shield of faith and put on the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the belt of truth, the shoes of the good news, and take up the sword of the spirit. The reason you are carrying the, uh, the shield is so that you can quench not only the fiery arrows of the enemy, but you can also deal with the sword of the enemy. And the Bible says in, um, in 1 Samuel 17 that David faced Goliath and David did not have a sword. The only thing he had was a supernatural sword. He had the word of God. And the Bible says as he was facing Goliath, Goliath had a sword and David tells him, I come to you in the name of the Lord. I come to you, come to me with the sword and the spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. This might be too loud. And he tells him, I will kill you. And when I kill you, I will also chop off your neck with your sword. Because David did not have a sword. I will chop off, chop off your neck with your sword. And then he says something, he says, that Israel may know. First Samuel 17. Verse 46, 45. Then David said to the Philistine, 1 Samuel 17, 45. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you to my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day, I will give your carcasses. Um, I will give your carcasses to the, of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, and all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. That there will be a witness. There is a God here. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to do a supernatural thing. I'm going to kill you without a sword or without a spear that the earth may know there is a God here. Then all this assembly, all this assembly shall know 
that the Lord does not save with the sword or with the spear. God does not need the sword or the spear to save. For the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. And so he mentions the sword uh, and the spear several times. He says, I will take your sword. You come to me with the sword, I come to you in the name of the Lord. I will take your sword and chop off your neck. The next thing, the people won't know this assembly. So his testimony was also double-sided. There was a testimony to the world that there is a God in Israel, and there is testimony to the people that God does not need a sword or a spear to save the battle of the Lord. And so now as you are listening to this, you would think Israel does not need a sword or a spear. They just need the word of God. As you are listening to this, you would assume that this is all Israel will need. First Samuel 21. Now David is running away from Saul. Verse 7. Now a certain man of the servants of Saul were there that they detained before the Lord. And his name was Doug, the Edomite, the chief of the herdsmen that who belonged to Saul. And David said to Ahimelech, Is there not here on hand a spear or a sword? Okay, the same guy who said that God does not save by the sword or by the spear is now looking for a sword and a spear. Just because God fought supernaturally in one instance doesn't mean that is how he would do it the rest of the time. Because when David slung, is that a word? His tongue. <laughs> Slingshot. Slingshot. But he slung his stone and he released it into the forehead of Goliath. When he sunk in, Goliath fell. David did not run and cut his head off by the name of God. Amen. He says, I am coming to you in the name of the living God. But when I chop off your neck, I will use your sword. The same thing that was meant for my destruction is the same thing I will actually chop your head off with. He went and took off the sword of Goliath and cut off his neck. And then left it. Now, look at what he says here. And uh, David said to Ahimelech, Is there not on here on hand a spear or a sword? For I have brought neither my sword nor my weapons with me, because the king's business required haste. So the priest said, The sword of Goliath the Philistine, whom you killed in the valley of Elah, there is wrapped in a cloth behind the effort. If you take it, if you take that, take it, for there is no other except that one here. There is nothing else we have. That is the only thing we have. And David says, no, 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 no. It's not that you have nothing except that. There is none else like that one. 
It's not that there is nothing else like apart from that. No, let me rephrase your wording. There is none other like that one. That was my first victory against the enemy. That I remember is when God began to give me victory against the Philistines. There is no sword, there is no testimony like that one. Why? Because that sword was meant for me. That sword was meant for my destruction. That's what the lie is there. Is a testimony that God can use what was meant for my evil also to give me victory. And he said there is no other sword like the sword of the, uh, of the champion Goliath. Brethren, let me tell you today that there are swords that God will give you along the way. And it is important that you remember the battles that the Lord has fought for you. And you remember the testimonies that he gives for you. The honest and the victories that he has fought and given to your hand. And you will be able to know, I know there is no other like that one. There is no other like that one. When they say, we have nothing else but this. We have nothing else but this. You tell them there is no other that, like that one. Because that was the beginning of my victories against the Philistines. Remember, David, at this point, is having had to connect himself by lies to the Philistines. He is having to connect himself by lies to the Philistines. But this sword, this sword had been carried by the enemy for a long time as a sign of oppression against the people of God. And when David hears of it, he recognizes. He recognizes this is a very sword that was meant for my destruction. There are battles that we are fighting today. There are battles our children are fighting today. And the weapons that were meant to destroy us are the weapons, those very old weapons. We can go back and pick them up and say, the enemy had meant for me to be an alcoholic. And I see my daughter, my son, is starting to hang out with the wrong crowd. I remember the sword of Goliath. The same sword that was meant to kill me. The Bible says to not be filled with wine, but now be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to take that sword and I'm going to slay this dragon one more time. Praise the Lord. So where has God walked with you? What victories has God given you? Your testimonies, your witnesses in the past become your victories for today. The Bible says that the testimony of Christ is a spirit of prophecy. I always forget this verse. I think it's Revelation 6 something. 610. Yeah? Or 1910. 1910, yeah. Revelation 1910. That the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. Wherever you can testify that God has done this. And David was very apt at this. He was very good with this. David was very good because not only did he remember the, uh, the sword of Goliath, he would tell his warriors to go fight battles in places he had fought before. And he would tell them, this place God has given us. This ground God has given us. There is a place and a time we ate 
and did not know what we were going to eat tomorrow. And so my children, this ground God has given us, we know that we are not to go hungry ever again. We have fought that battle. Your dad stood here and he fought that battle and he overcame. This is our dominion. There was a time your mother, your father had cancer. We prayed and God gave him victory. This is not a place for us to lose sleep over. We have a sword here of Goliath. We have overcome right here. Most of the battles we are fighting today, there is a testimony that will allow you to fight them from the past. There is a testimony that you have that allows you ground to fight today. And there is a testimony, the sword of Goliath, that allows you to fight battles in the future. There is no other sword like that one. Why? Because that is when God fought the battles for me and for Israel. When you understand your assignment, you don't carry grudges, you carry testimonies. Amen? Amen. When you understand your assignment, you don't carry grudges, you carry testimonies. And so, let's say Pastor Isiche, uh, you know they say, uh, I think they're saying, they have this thing now, they're saying, uh, don't, don't forget those who are with you when you stood alone, or those who left you when you were alone, and something of the sort. Yeah? Mm -hmm. I think three kinds of people. Those who forsook you, those who are with you, and those who who pushed you, I guess, something of that kind. But for you, with your assignment, that is not your problem. Because God has said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. You don't carry crutches, you carry testimonies. And those testimonies are lessons for your heart, that the one who did it before will do it again. Because your assignment allows you to have a way of relating to your surroundings. The classes we are doing, we've talked about identity, and we've talked about, what else have we talked about? Position. We are supposed to come back and talk about assignment. Once you know your assignment, everything else around you, everything else around you begins to fall into place. Amen? Amen. So, Joseph, it's not that he was not wounded by his brothers, but he said, God sent me here for your deliverance. This is my assignment. I cannot afford to carry grudges because that who bought my assignment. I was telling my wife, God has given me an assignment to pray for the whole earth. And so I cannot criticize a pastor because that's my assignment. Do you get it? And then she went, of course she went extra than what I was talking about. She said, you cannot even criticize a tree. Because <laughs> that's your assignment. If a tree dries out, that is your business. That is your work. Why is a tree drying out? You cannot even criticize Donald Trump. That is your business. 
So when everybody is calling him crazy, it is my business to make sure he does not wake up crazy tomorrow. They are pretty much not criticizing him. They are criticizing me and the job I'm supposed to be doing. Do you understand? Once you realize your assignment, even what you are saying begins to change. Because if your assignment is Pastor Jacob, and Pastor Jacob is messing around, it is actually you. Do you understand? And so, the reason we are running around with the grudges, we are fighting everybody, we don't understand our assignment. And David knew the king's business requires haste. And so even though I have no sword, no spear, I need that one. And that is a testimony I must carry to the next battle. People walking around without reason or purpose or rhyme. Jesus says, the Bible says, he sent his face towards Jerusalem. And he said, for this reason was I born. Once you know your assignment, even the direction becomes very clear. I'm not going to the right or to the left. Everybody can go wherever they want. I know where I need to go. That is where I need to go. Once your assignment becomes clear, your sword gains a purpose. You're not just going to cut grass around with your sword. You know where you're headed. Jesus, Peter and the disciples, uh, now carry your sword. Carry your sword. The thing is, they did not have a purpose. Their work was following Jesus. They did not know the assignment until the Holy Spirit came upon. And so, when, when they were carrying swords, they were looking. So, is this the time for the sword? Is this the time? Is this the time? And then someone came and arrested Jesus. And Peter was like, this must be the time. And Jesus told him, just put your sword in. Don't you know that I must die? Whoever lives by the sword will die by the sword. Peter, put your sword. And so you're thinking, what was the sword for? Because they really never used it apart from that instance. You guys are laughing. Because you want me to tell you what the sword was for. Have <laughs> <Are> you not? <laughs> but if you don't know your assignment, you'll be cutting up brothers. You'll be cutting up the people you call your enemies. Even though those enemies are the ones who are supposed to usher you to the cross and to your glory. So, David says, I have an assignment from the king. It requires haste. I need a sword. And I have not carried a sword or a spear. I need a sword. And they tell him, the sword of uh, Goliath. And he says, there is none like it. Give me that one. assignment, I must overcome. But if you have no assignment, 
you don't understand why you are here, you don't understand what you're supposed to do, you will be offended by people around you. Because the people God puts around you, there is enough space in your assignment and there is enough space in their assignment for you to walk together. Okay, let me explain that. When Joseph had, a, uh, had an interpretation of dreams, and he dreamt, no, and he interpreted about the guy who was going to be released in three days, that interpretation included Pharaoh. Because it was Pharaoh would uh, lift up his cupbearer and restore him to his office. But Joseph wanted to push things along, and that was not the time. But in Joseph's dream, when he saw the 12, uh, the 12 stars and the moon and the sun bowing before him, in that vision, it included Pharaoh. The, the only way that was going to happen was for Pharaoh to actually be present. It was going to happen in Egypt. Now, Pharaoh himself has a dream where he sees cows, seven cows, seven um, skinny cows, famished, yeah? Call them skinny. Seven hungry cows eat seven fat cows. And he sees seven, um, seven skinny wheatears, sheets of wheat, come and eat seven good-looking She's a wit. And in that assignment, because Pharaoh had an assignment, it included Joseph. Now here's the thing. If Joseph had no dream or assignment, and he was brought to be with Pharaoh, they would have clashed. Because Joseph had no stake in the dream of Pharaoh. Or Pharaoh would have become uh, bitter and you become jealous of Joseph because he had no stake. There was nothing that was happening in his life. Whenever God brings you alongside people, he has put enough space in the vision he has given you for your vision. And he has put enough space in your vision for my vision the problem comes when you don't know what you're doing or where you're going you will get stumbled by everything and everyone around you when you have no assignment they say when you have no target you will hit it every time when you have no target you throw light every you will hit that target whatever it is you don't have every time But for you to be able to use the sword that God gives you, it is important for you to know exactly what God has called you for. Because Joseph is able to take a name that was not Hebrews. He is able to take a wife that was not Hebrew. They gave him a new name and they gave him a new wife. Even though those were not the things, 
that were Hebrew in nature. But because of his assignment, he is willing to shave his hair, he is willing to put on new clothes for the new office so he can carry out his assignment. Some of you are saying, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven, I was born a kikuyu, I will die a kikuyu. And when God sends you to the Americans, you must shave. You must change your clothes. Amen? Amen. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter. The Bible says the Spirit of God was upon Joseph. He had wisdom. But part of his assignment was being okay. before the king. Now I ask you, David, Daniel refuses Daniel. <laughs> Daniel. Daniel. <laughs> Daniel. Daniel refuses to eat food offered to idols, but he takes the name of an idol. Which is worse? Eh? You say I can't wear a suit. No, can't wear a suit. I was born African. Africans were walking naked, so I'll be walking naked around. You'll be arrested <laughs> with all your Africanness. You, were, Jesus, was walking around in sandals. Yeah, you'll be arrested. And so, <laughs> for Joseph to accomplish his assignment, there were things he had to step back from. There were things he had to step back from. I said, I'll take that wife. And by then Moses said another wife was not saved. You know, we say separate yourself, right? Mm. Huh? Do not be an equally old. That is scripture. <laughs> but Moses had one of those an equally old. And then someone had a big idea of talking about it. And say, oh, you know, this Moses is our pastor, but he is married to an unbeliever. And God calls him, come see me after this. Mm. And he says, uh, you guys, he didn't even tell them about the wife. He didn't, never brought up the wife, the wife from Africa. He says, why are you not afraid to talk about my servant? If I had a problem with his wife, I would have told him. Who are you? The idea is this. 
there are things that God in dealing with these people will not look like what you were taught in Sunday school. And you must allow God to be God. Amen? Amen. You must allow God to be God. And he will use a donkey and that's fine. And then he will use the one riding the donkey who is actually a witch to bless the people of God. Amen? Amen. You know, Bethlehem was a witch. And he prophesied concerning the end of the Israelites. Even though he was crazy and he was greedy and he was a witch. There's nothing more I can say about that, but he was a witch. You know, Hannah was blessed by a man who would not even hear God. The pastor who prophesied to Hannah was not a man who wanted to pray over you. The Bible says he was so fat that his eyes had closed. These were the guy, his children, they were eating food. And Hannah, when she received the word from this man, said, that's enough. Because she had an assignment and it didn't matter who God used. And so the same sword that came from the pagan place, David said, that's enough for me. That is enough for me. And this word, there's no more, it's not much teaching. It's a prophetic word actually. There are some of you that God has put swords in your life and you think that is a sword of the devil. That is a sword of Goliath. I will never touch it. I speak in tongues. Amen. At this time, David wrote Psalms uh, 32, which I think I taught you on Sunday. But this word, David had actually pretended to be mad or crazy. A man of God pretended to be Crazy. Crazy. That's how God delivered him. In your journey with God, there's a lot of things that will not look like God. Because there's things we have allowed to put God in a box. The Bible says when you went up the mountain, you did not see any form or image. You shall not create in your head an image or an idol of God. And I, I believe this is the biggest problem. That we have formed images in our heads of how God must operate. If he does not come in a suit, he is not God. If he is not speaking in tongues, he is not God. If he is not saved, he cannot be God. Jesus was buried among the wealthy, not by one of his disciples, by someone who did not attend that church. We hear him and then he disappears. Joseph of Arimathea. It's not that he followed Jesus. We just hear him, he shows up and then disappears. And so then, how are you going to differentiate what God is doing in your life? Number one, know your assignment. Know your assignment. Know your assignment. Jonah knew his assignment even when he was running away. 
and he was running, he knew, hey guys, I am Jonah, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, have a testimony, my name is Jonah, I serve the living God, I'm a Hebrew, I'm running away from him, say, what should we do? Throw me out, he said, let's go pray, I don't know who they prayed to, because they said, let us, we first of all going to pray, because we cannot do this. And they prayed and the waves did not subside and they said, well, Jonah, you asked for it, and threw him out. But you see, his assignment, he knew his assignment, but his assignment was also leading everything around the world. Everything in the universe was driving Jonah towards his assignment. Even what looked like it was evil was also working towards his assignment. Because not everything works for good for those who love God, but everything works for good for those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. Amen? Amen. You cannot just be leaving your stuff out there and say, oh, everything is working for good for me. No, 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 no. It's not for you. It's for those who are called according to His purpose. Amen. Amen. <laughs> You're, you're, you're not leaving the purpose, you're not called according to anything, and then you say everything is working for good for me. No, that is half, that is a comma, it's not a period. For those who are called according to his purpose, now everything is working for good for them. Amen? Amen. So even when they have no sword or spear, there is a sword ready for them. Even when they are being thrown out of the ship, there is a whale, they have, um, even when they are being vomited with the seaweed all over, there is their assignment right there. Even when they are preaching mad, God is still moving. Because you know that brother, I don't like talking about him because I think when they get in heaven, you'll be slapping some people who are talking about him funny. Jonah will be waiting for some brethren. Because we were preaching about him not answering the call. And here we are still doing the same thing. And he'll be waiting for some of us. So I like being, making peace with Jonah before <laughs> I get there. Amen. Amen. And so my prayer is that we know our purpose, our assignment. I said, number one, you have to do what? To know your assignment and then to accept the God who operates in mysterious ways. To accept the God who operates in mysterious ways. Don't try to understand it, just believe it. Amen? Amen. Don't try to understand it, just believe it. When uh, I was sharing with uh, Brother Waidaka downstairs, I was telling him, when this thing started, God told me don't go on Facebook Live. Now we have cameras, we have everything set for Facebook Live. And then God says don't go on Facebook Live. Because what he is doing in the Baptist is not what he is doing in laborers, is not what he is doing in the Methodist. You accept the God who works in mysterious ways. You accept that once I have accepted my assignment, he will do his work. Not all in mysterious ways, in ways that are mighty. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Because once he gives you the assignment, you cannot do it by your own strength. You cannot do it. You cannot kill Goliath just by experience. 
You cannot kill Goliath by a stone. It takes the name of the living God. Hallelujah. That the assignment is always much, much bigger than you. Much, much, there is no way you can fulfill it by your own strength. The assignment will always be much, much bigger than you. Because it is a God assignment. And you must accept it has come from him. It must be done for him. It must be done by him. It must be done through him. How many through him what? For? By him. Huh? From him? Through him, by him, through him, for him. By him and for him. All glory must go back to him. Must come from him, must be done through him, must be done by him, and it must be done for him. Some people are looking for a sword and there is no assignment. They will be carrying people's ears around. Amen? Say, God, fill me with the power. Yesterday, Daniel reveals a secret I did not know. Of a brother back in high school who was praying to become a school captain. And people heard him. And I guess they ridiculed him or something. And you want to be a prefect. Why? Why do you want to be a school captain? Don't just ask for weapons. Don't ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If there is no assignment. He said you shall receive power when the Spirit has come upon you. You're not receiving Holy Spirit, so just you can show off how many tongues you can speak in. You can be witnesses. This was supposed to be a power to cause you to fulfill your assignment. But they already has an assignment. God did not give them an assignment before the Spirit came. He gave them an assignment and told them, you shall preach the gospel to all nations. But they had nothing to do it with. They said, what shall we, how are we going to do that? Now wait in Jerusalem until you receive power. So where is my assignment then? Because it will change the way I speak. It will change what I see. It will change what I'm willing to endure. You see, if I know why that come, is connected to my assignment. Yeah? If I know why that guy is in a company, and that company, I'm supposed to be there on assignment, no matter what Adwadaka does to me, I don't care. It doesn't matter whether he wants to refer to me a pastor or minister, or he just says that guy from Kashanjiro. It does not matter. I am there to fulfill my assignment. Whether you like me or not, that is not my business. Amen. Some of us, we are entering one land, and then when people don't look at us right, we leave. But, but that's because we don't understand why we are there. But if you are there, even if they don't like you, you know that you know I am here on the king's business. So if I have to pretend to be mad, I will pretend to be mad. If I have to pretend to like you, I will pretend to like you. Now you're not going to say amen because you're more saved than I am. <laughs> you're more saved than I am. You guys don't pretend to like some people. <laughs> Every day. I do. I mean, she's going to come here. She seems to be in the spirit today. Huh? Yeah. Officer, what seems to be the problem? 
and the new you are thinking. You are making me late. You are stopping me just because I'm black as officer. What seems to be the problem? And you know you are speaking. What seems to be the problem? You are lying through your teeth. I did not see that light. You saw it. You saw it and you started speaking in tongues because you saw the call. I did not see that light. fight another battle tomorrow. But I have no business, I have no time to carry your grudge and bitterness to the next level. Because I have new demons to fight and you have done away with you. So drop that stuff. Drop that. If you have an assignment, Drop grudges, drop bitterness, drop resentment, drop history, carry testimonies. Amen. Amen. Amen? Drop all of that. Don't say, well, I wish I knew better. Okay, drop the regrets. You didn't know better, that's fine. But we like going back and revisiting history over and over again. He says, oh, you know, Joseph should not have shared his dream. Joseph never brought that up. You know that? Joseph and I said, I wish I could share that dream with them. And let me have a song for it. Eh? No, that was not Joseph. Joseph looked at his history and said, all these things have been working together for this. I was supposed to be your deliverer, and that's fine. Where I messed up, maybe I should or shouldn't have shared them. All of that. If I had not shared, you would not have sold me. And so I'm not going to live here with regrets. I will come with a testimony that what you meant for evil, God actually used it for good. That's all I know. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's bow in. There's someone here without a sword or a spear. And you're saying, is there on hand a sword or a spear in this place? Because I need to fight a battle. I need a word. I need a testimony. I need anything. I need God to remind me of things he has done or I have done in him. I need a sword for this battle. I need a sword for this battle. Just shoot up your hand. Father, in the name of Jesus, bring to remembrance the victories you have given us. Bring to remembrance our calling, our purpose, and our assignment. 
and we'll be willing to wash hands, we'll be willing to withstand, we'll be willing to endure, we may apply wisdom, we may accept humiliation because we want to fulfill the King's business. Bless your name, O Lord, we lift you up. Open our eyes. As Jesus said, for this reason I was born. Open our eyes to the reason we were born. That in that perspective, we may see everything as serving the purpose for us to honor in our lives. And these who have their hands lifted, we give them the sword, the swords of battles past, and they may fight and overcome. And those who do not know the assignment, open their eyes to see it, that they may live it. In the name of Jesus, we pray and believe. Amen. And now surely, goodness, goodness and mercy shall follow, follow me all the days, days of my life. life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you.